This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Uh, we stopped uh, We stopped attacking. We got soft with the puck. And um, they were fighting to get back in the game. Uh, we got hemmed in our zone a couple of shifts, which took all the, all the steam out of our game. But when that happens, somebody's got to get it nice to puck and reset. And we weren't even able to get it. So they had a, we had a couple of bad shifts in the second period. Uh, we didn't spend any time in their zone because then we were changing. We just had no flow to the game whatsoever. Well, that was the second period for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, not a great period. I mean, when you're getting outshot by the Arizona Coyotes, 18-3. to I, I, I think... And you hear this from the coach. We hear that throughout the show. Morgan Barron also spoke about that on the postgame show uh, with Kelly Moore and Paul Edmonds right here on 680 CJOB. Uh, better than people may expect. And, of course, they're in, that, they're in this time in the season when they're playing loose, right? They got nothing to lose. The stress, the burden, uh, the pressure of being uh, not even a bubble team, but a team so far uh, out of the postseason um, early on in the year. Once that's kind of dropped, and we, we saw this from St. Louis as well, that is, as soon as that sort of, I don't know what you call it, burden, no, let's use that word. As soon as that burden kind of falls off, um, you can play loose. you got nothing truly left to lose, right? Um, you loosen up, you play hockey, you play, you play for the fun of it. Um, and, and, and that's what happened, uh, yesterday. And I, I thought the counties were not bad. I thought the Winnipeg Jets were certainly better and deserved the two, one win, uh, yesterday, two first period goals by Nick Ehlers and Adam Lowry, uh, powering the Winnipeg Jets to victory as well as Connor Hellebuck, uh, and his sensational save there in the second period, uh, where I'm, I'm certain he, well, he didn't like being out of the net and his positioning on that one. Uh, but when you get the paddle down and, and put it across the goal line and, and you stop, a. Uh, a chance there from the Arizona Coyotes to keep the puck out of the net. I'm sure you're, you're always going to be happy to make the save. Uh, just Cam uh, Poitras rolling with you today. Uh, Jim Toth is out. He's going to be back tomorrow. He has some, uh, some business to take care of uh, outside of the radio world, uh, but he will be back uh, joining us. And Kathy Kennedy uh, will be taking you uh, from 1 o'clock until 3, so don't go anywhere. Um, the most important thing yesterday, of course, and we've got lots of time for your guys' text messages today t- as well, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. We'll, we'll also hear a lot from, from the head coach as well as the players uh, after that win yesterday. But but listen, in, at the point in th- this point in the season, with where the Winnipeg Jets are, scratching, clawing, uh, holding on to that final wildcard spot where they are in eighth spot, um, the most important thing is two points here, Right. So I mean, <laughs> I mean it's that old cliche where you you don't you don't critique wins, um, and and I, I'm I I don't think that this coaching staff on the Winnipeg Jets, particularly Rick Bonus and and Scott O'Neill and all that, they, they're they're not the type of uh, of coaching group that is going to say, yeah, we're just going to throw that game in, in into the garbage here and we're, we're going to move on. That tape is getting burned. Uh, and we're just going to focus on on the Anaheim Ducks coming up here on Thursday uh, for the Winnipeg Jets, of course, in Southern California and Anaheim. They're not, they're not the coaching staff to do something like that, right? I mean, there's always lessons to be learned and things that you can take from a win, no matter how big of a win or how important or by how many goals it came. There's always stuff that you can you can take from that. You're not you're not just gonna you're not just gonna forget 
just because it was a victory, right? And we can definitely point to the second period there uh, with the Winnipeg Jets and and the um, and and the Phoenix Phoenix and the Arizona Coyotes yesterday in the second period, getting outshot uh, eighteen to three. But it it doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter why, but the the Winnipeg Jets they're they're in need of wins, and and that win becomes even more important with Nashville and Calgary uh, winning yesterday. Tyler Toffoli with three assists as Calgary scored twice in the power play. Wonder what that's like um, as the Flames bounce back from a six goal loss one night earlier against the L.A. Kings with a victory over the Ducks. Toffoli has nine points in his past four games, including six assists. He's heating up. Uh, as well as the Nashville Predators, uh, Luke Evangelista scored two goals in 40 seconds as part of a four-goal second period that helped the Predators roll past the Sabres to snap a three-goal, uh, three-game losing skid. Matt Duchesne scored twice and added an assist in the win as Nashville kept pace in the race for that wildcard spot in the West. And, of course, they're still holding three games in hand on Winnipeg. They're five points back. Calgary is four points back. But that's so important that win was last night. I mean, things really, really starting to tighten up. And and I, I, I want to make sure that that this is known as well. And, like, if you look at Money Puck and the Jets are plus 75% chance of making the playoffs and all that sort of thing. The, the Winnipeg Jets hold the tiebreaker right now. The first tiebreaker in the standings in terms of in terms of the playoff is, is regulation wins, right? The Winnipeg Jets have 30 regulation wins. Calgary has 26 and Nashville has 26. So even if they were level in terms of points with Nashville and Calgary, uh, because of the Winnipeg Jets grab at having 30 regulation wins that would uh, put them past them uh, in, in, in the tiebreaker there. Um, but, but what did you think about the game? 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. They got the first goal, which was important. Uh, Jim and I were talking about that uh, yesterday as well. Um, and more, more in the respect of, them getting the first goal, or at least I was saying that they wanted them to get the first goal, uh, just to get that sort of good feeling going, you know, to, you know, the, the importance of getting the team together, feeling okay, because I mean, and, and I would just have to go back to the game against St. Louis was after they gave up that, that early goal five minutes or so into the game, uh, it was like a balloon popped. Right. And the rest of the 55 minutes, the jets just couldn't get anything going. Um, I mean, scoring first is important. I mean, nearly 72% of the time, the team that scores first is the team that ends up winning that game. I think there's only two teams right now. Uh, one of them is New Jersey that when they give up the first goal, they actually have a, they're actually over 500. Um, so New Jersey, and that's a special case. That's not something that you would even see uh, continue long-term. I mean, it's surprising that that's even happened over the course uh, of the season so far, but it was the fear of the, th- of things collapsing, Right. Um, and there was some changes. Things weren't perfect. I mean, early in the third period, Connor uh, Dubois, Niederreiter got joined up while Ehler, Shifley, and, and Wheeler. So there was some there was some changes there, and, and Shifley and Dubois uh, swapped spots there in in the third period. Uh, but Morgan Barron, and and you know, and and Neil Pionk has has gotten a lot of uh, criticism uh, this season. I felt, and uh, he made a fantastic outlet pass to find Morgan Barron, who settled it down. Was able to find Adam Lowry there uh, as well to get the, the Jets within, uh, get the Jets up by two, two nothing there in that in in, in in that first period, and that that was a massive goal. Um, you you sort of felt like the way that they were in the first period that a couple more were going to start going in, uh, but they got just enough to pick up their fortieth win and and the Winnipeg Jets improving 
uh, their record to 40, 29, and 3. Uh, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Here's Lowry on how they got ahead early and held on. Yeah, um, I think just the details in the game and the chances we, we were giving up in the first period, I think you know, we were kind of real aware of them using the seams and kind of finding the backside. And, you know, we talked a lot about defending off the rush, you know, especially after last game. I thought we did a pretty good job in the first. And got away from it in the second, but, you know, Fortunately, Helly, Helly's in that, and you know he played great, and you know gave us a chance to win. Yeah, Adam Lowry, their big goal from him. Uh, with that goal, um, he set a new career points total. He now has thirty points on the year. His last highest total was twenty nine back in 2016, 2017. So, uh, a career year with, of course, ten games left to go for Adam Lowry, and uh, huge goal scoring the game winner there in the first period uh, yesterday. Uh, here's Bones on what led to the good start. Uh, listen, we had a good start in St. Louis. We did. I mean, it, it did. we've had good starts. The, it, the puck hasn't gone in for us early, and it always ends up in the back of our net as soon as we make a mistake. So like we went through this earlier in the year. Then we went through a stretch where we got the first goal. That's hockey. We'll play through it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he, he – and – in the second period, Bone says the bench got quiet, and then the energy came back in the third period. And it's funny the, the second period, the bench was really it got quiet because they could see what was going on. Third period, there was a lot of energy on the bench, and that took itself out, out on the ice. And we had everyone going, and uh, but it, it, the bench was really energized in the third period. They knew what was at stake. They knew we had to find a way to win this game. But that's three games with that team, and they're all two-one. So maybe they're a whole lot better team than people realize, which they are. Uh, they move the puck really well. There's a four-man rush every time. They're hard to play against, and sometimes you give the opposition some credit and give them credit for the second period. But again, that third period, we played the right way. We did all the little things necessary. We controlled the pace of the game. We played on our toes. Much harder team to play against. We were pressuring them all over the ice, and that's Winnipeg Jet Hockey. 204 I like to hear that phrase. I like to hear that. It's Winnipeg Jets hockey, right? It's it's what we saw from the first half of the season, right? And, and I, I still think that the Winnipeg Jets have a ways to go here. I don't know. Is this the right word to redeem themselves after, after how the last two months or so have gone, particularly since after the All-Star break? I don't, redeem is not the right word because the Winnipeg Jets have put themselves in the spot that they are because of how well they played in the first half, which you can't deny. They were, they were in first place in the West, you know, seesaw battle there uh, with, with Dallas, uh, you know, a, sort of a teeter totter, uh, all throughout the, you know, the first half of this, of this season here. So you can't deny that the Winnipeg Jets did have a great first half. They were, they, they were one of the best teams in the league. And then things uh, started to turn, uh, text messages here. This one is from, uh, Terry. Hi, Cam. Uh, well, the Jets won, but then again, so did Calgary and Nashville. That's why winning was so important. That's my little add-on to this. They continue to struggle to score, and if it wasn't for Bucky, they would have lost. I don't see any improvement in their game, and I'm not sure it was the best thing for this team to have a day off uh, on Monday. Uh, This team may limp into the postseason, but I don't see any evidence that they will have a long postseason. Uh, Terry, not feeling it from the Winnipeg Jets here. This is from Chris. Jets are choosing to live on the ragged edge like Carl tells Joe Tanto in Driven. Uh, this texter um, wants to say uh, power play kills all momentum. 
uh, kills all momentum. This, well, yeah, we're going to get into that. And, you know, well, we'll stop. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We're going to eventually get to the power play. We'll talk about that as well after 1230. Daniel Fink, manager of hockey communications and broadcast for the Manitoba Moose. Uh, he's going to be joining us right after the 1230. The Manitoba Moose have been on a great run lately, uh, but they got some pretty devastating news um, in terms of uh, their all-star. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you all that information coming up. Uh, after 1230 with Sarah McCarthy on the news. Don't go anywhere. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Hello, Sarah. Hello. It's your one minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. I can't. That was close. That was close. I can't do it. Jim's not (laughs) here. I can't do it. How's it going? Well, this is your chance. Which I, I, I just gave you a heads up about this. Jim is not here. He's going to be back tomorrow. Just say whatever is on your mind. He's not here. I would never. He's not. He's not. This is your one chance to just say what you really, how you really feel. I have nothing to say bad about either of you. That (laughs) is the truth. That is not true. Come on. It's true. I can think of at least. I could like. I. I got. I got. I. I. I could count on all my fingers and toes all the horrendous things I could say about Jim Toth. No, no, no. He loves too much. He cares too much. (laughs) If that's a bad thing, I guess. He loves his family too much. All this stuff. It's horrible. Horrible. He's he's too good of a (laughs) co-host. He's too funny. I could just keep going on all the problems I have with him. Yes, that's a good problem to have. Uh, Dave texts the show 204-780-6868. He says, we're going to start a a pool to get Sarah... (laughs) To all the games oh, uh, because she's a lucky lucky charm for the Winnipeg Jets. Apparently, yeah. Uh, was, how'd it go? How did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. The first period was really good. Yeah. Don't know what happened or how they held on after that, mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah, it was good. How had did a Jets dog. Oh, I have to talk about the food because that was really good. I never pierogies? had one. Did you get I the pierogies on top. Yes, oh yeah, pierogies, doing bacon, right. onions, mm-hmm. amazing. Winkler, Winkler meat, amazing. Yeah, have one absolutely. if you haven't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was good overall. Pretty full barn for a weeknight too. Oh yeah, so. the Tuesday games mm-hmm. they're uh, they're 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 perennial. They're any anybody tells you anything Tuesdays are always tough to yes. sell. Anyways, but right. we love Tuesdays here on uh, on Jets at noon. But Sarah, that's your one minute power play with Sarah <laughs> McCarthy. I can't do. It. Thanks, Cam. I'm gonna get Jim to record that, and so I can just <laughs> so play it. it. So we have it. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Well, the win- uh, Jets picked up a big win, uh, but a uh, big loss uh, for the Manitoba Moose, and it was not on, well, it happened on the ice, uh, but it came today in, in some bad news. And we're joined now by Daniel Fink, manager of Hockey Communications and, and the broadcast uh, for the Manitoba Moose. Uh, Daniel, how you doing? Good, thanks. Yourself? Doing good, doing good. Uh, so I uh, was just um, uh, checking in on the Manitoba Moose as I do every single day, and some some bad news today in terms of their All Star, um, and uh, uh, you know perhaps their best player all season. Yeah, going to be without uh, Declan Chisholm for a little bit. Is he uh, kind of seemed like he caught a rut in the ice 
uh, going in on a two-on-one. Looked like a good scoring opportunity, and then all of a sudden he was sliding into the corner awkwardly and uh, unfortunately going to be out for a little bit. So uh, the Moose, uh, of course, rely on that uh, trio of skilled defensemen very much. And, of course, Declan Chisholm, who's been putting up some incredible numbers this year, uh, one of the top five scorers among defensemen in the American Hockey League, an elite player in the AHL this season. So uh, they'll have to make do without uh, their all-star here for the next little bit. But uh, as uh, everyone will tell you in the AHL, the absences breed opportunity, and we'll see who's able to step up. Uh, is there a chance he's going to be back for the playoffs? That is uh, beyond uh, that is beyond me to answer, and uh, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, I didn't attend medical school on the way to being a broadcaster. So I know I'm in the minority in that. But uh, uh, well, yeah, I left that part out. <laughs> well, I, I was I was this close to being a doctor, and I just said, "Listen, take your white, take your stethoscope, take your white jacket. I'm getting into broadcasting. That's my that's that's what happened, anyways." <laughs> Uh, and so uh, besides that news and all that, what's, what's going on? How are things going on in, in Mooseland? I know it's been a, it's been a real great run over the last 17 games. I think they're th- 11, three and three. Yeah, I mean, when you look back to uh, out of the All-Star break, I mean, the Moose have uh, been one of the, the top teams in the American Hockey League, and that has helped them get into the fight for the Central Division crown here over the last few weeks. Went to do a bit of a tough spell during their road swing, and they were gone for seven games, and uh, uh, in the uh, went on a season-long four-game losing streak, and when a season-long is four games, that's uh, you're doing something right, especially when you're able to pick up points in two of those games, so that quickly flipped from a, a four-game losing streak to a three-game point streak when they won the last two games of their road trip. So uh, came off with a couple of uh, big wins against the Chicago Wolves to kind of right the ship. Got some good performances in net from uh, Arvid Holm and Osprey Salmon and then mm-hmm. have set themselves up nicely coming into this eight-game homestand that starts tonight against the Rockford Icehawks. Uh, you know, it's closing in on the playoffs here. Is it going to be Arvid's Hol- uh, Arvid Holm's net uh, when the pucks start real flying in the postseason? That is a very, very good question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, You know what? Uh, the Moose... I think uh, they're they're in solid shape no matter who gets the net. You mean to see an opportunity for either one to play uh, in those uh, early playoff series, so it it might alternate back and forth, which has its merits, especially if you're playing in back-to-back situations that you can go to a fresh netminder on any given night. So uh, we will see if uh, somebody emerges as kind of the guy over the the final 12 games here, or if it's going to be a situation where they continue to rotate back and forth. But it's certainly one of the interesting questions going into the late stages of the season. What are the things you're going to be watching here as the Winnipeg Jets uh, enter a uh, marathon final homestand? Um, well, I mean, this, this chase for the division. I mean, it's it's something that initially was uh, going to be uh, looked like it might have been out of reach at one point there. The Moose were kind of fighting in the bottom uh, playoff spot and then all of a sudden went on this kind of magical run in the second half and have themselves, well, until last night, it was uh, them that, Milwaukee Admirals and Texas Stars all within one point. Texas picking up a big win against Coachella Valley last night. So they get a little bit of breathing room, but the Moose will try and close in on that. So it's all about that battle for positioning, and it's really unclear as to how it's all going to shake out. But you want to get that home ice advantage. You want to have that opportunity to choose where the series is going to start. Would, of course, be nice to win the division. And uh, above all, though, you want a dodge being out of that uh, four versus five playoff matchup that puts you into an extra three-game series. The Moose have put themselves in a good position for that, but 
uh, need to hold off the Rockford Ice Hogs here, who are uh, about seven points behind them. So a couple of regulation wins for Rockford, and uh-oh, all of a sudden that's real close. So that battle for positioning is definitely going to be the story. There's still 12 games left for the Moose, uh, 10 games for some other teams, but it is going to be real tight. And along the way, they'll be looking to clinch that playoff spot nice and early. They need just 11 points, whether by their wins or other teams losing points. So uh, we'll hopefully see them do that in short order because it would be nice to get that all locked up as well nice and early here on the homestand. Magic number 11. Uh, yeah, Milwaukee uh, and the uh, Moose right now, even, uh, well, actually, the Milwaukee's got uh, 75 points. Uh, the Moose uh, trailing them by a single point, and the Moose uh, three points back of the Texas Stars uh, right now. And, of course, make sure you're going to be heading downtown for a 7 o'clock puck drop at Canada Life Center, the Rockford Ice Hogs uh, in town, Central Division matchup in the AHL, and uh, two-game series. It'll continue on Friday, 7 o'clock as well. Uh, Daniel Fink, he is joining me. He is the manager of hockey communications and broadcast for the Manitoba Moose. You can catch him here on CGOB.com uh, and on our airwaves. Uh, Daniel, thanks so much. Appreciate the time, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to seeing everybody at the rink. It's good to be home. Absolutely. Good to be home and uh, a marathon uh, final homestand of the year before they head off to Texas, Rockford, and Chicago for the final four. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games uh, in a row at home here uh, heading into the playoff push. The po- the pl- this is the power play, and this is what everybody wants to talk about here. And I'm, I'm going to go off and I'm going to rattle off a, a, a bunch of uh, a text messages here. This one from Perry. Hey, Cam, I was at the game last night, and the Jets' power play looked like a penalty kill. They did a good job of keeping uh, the puck and killing the penalty for Arizona. Hope their Western swing out in California brings some success. Go Jets. That one from Perry. Uh, this texter says, so what's the best idea for the power play? One, decline future penalties. Uh, two, play fourth line. Or three, play five defensemen. This, guy, uh, this texter says, PP, your thoughts? It's killing us. Not even close to scoring. Good win, uh, got two points, but what's up with 81 and 55? Cal Connor, of course, 81, Mark Shifley, 55. Power play, they got to get out of their own heads. This one from Ed, good day. The Jets have to get their power play going. If not, they're done. Also, no penalties. That one from Ed. Uh, this texter says, we have lots of problems. Oh, this from Dom. Our PP is the biggest. Think about this. If our PP scores once in a while in the last 20 games, let's say five or six goals, we would have had six or seven extra points uh, of taking teams to OT. It's frustrating no matter who's on it. And this texture says, Jets uh, power play, biggest concern to solve. Missing a big shot from the point. Can't rely on point sh- on slot passes to Shifley anymore. Where is KFC? Uh, why dump it in when all you do is turn it over? Maybe we can finally get a goal and the floodgates will open. Here's hoping. Well, here's the thing. Um, and, and I crunched the numbers earlier this week. Um, since, uh, and, and I went back... So let's go back two months. I started. I had this on the Monday show, so it was on March 20th, and it went all the way back to January 20th. Okay, so I went back for two months. I don't want to take small sample sizes. I don't want to take little tiny tidbits of information. I want to look at a big picture here. Over the last two months, from January 20th to March 20th, and it's not. I'll tell you this. After going over six last night, it didn't get any better. Okay, but over that span of time. The Winnipeg Jets were 29th in the league in, on uh, on their power play. 29th. So, I mean, it, it's it's not good. It's not good. And listen, they're on an 0 for 20 run. If and you got to go all the way back to the the last power play that they that they let it, it was a shorty actually. They allowed a shorthanded goal um in that game. 
Uh, but you go all the way back to Tampa where they got their last power play goal. Um, they're all for 20. <laughs> That's, I, I mean, what else do I need to say? They were all for 20 over that stretch. Um, so, I mean, your, your thoughts on the power play, and I appreciated that. I asked it for the beginning of the show here, 204-780-6868. I, I liked, things started to head in the right direction after the fourth power play last night, I thought. You know, the right direction. I mean, we're starting from zero and we're getting up to, to 15, 20%. Uh, but it was definitely a, a, a move up. I thought they got some good looks. They were moving pretty well. They got in front of the net. Um, I, I, I like the fourth power play opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets. Having said that, in the words of Curb Your Enthusiasm, having said that, and, and Jerry Seinfeld and, and uh, Larry David and all that, there was no shots on goal up to that fourth power play. There's no shots on goal over one, two, or three yesterday and it was more missed opportunities um i i I don't know what the deal is um this isn't this we we've we've crossed the point where it's they're just it's going to start going in the floodgates are open i i I don't think you can go back two months and say a power play that's 29th overall over the last two months that's just it's just a case of well they they just got to start getting some and it's gonna start it's gonna start flooding I, I think there's some there's some some real issues in how to get the power play going, and you know what do you do? You put out your best goal scores. You got to you got to just keep doing it. You got to keep going. You, I mean, they've tried how many times have you have we seen different looks from this team? Tried different looks, moving guys up. Ehlers comes up. Blake Wheeler comes up. Uh, Nita Nita Ryder goes down. I mean, it's it, it's it's just not it's just not working. It's just not working. So I mean, how do you fix the power play? I, I think the Winnipeg Jets would like to know the answer to that question. I think all the members of the first unit power play, the second unit power play, for goodness sake, the second unit power play also hasn't scored over that stretch, right? It's not, it's not just all on the first group of guys. It's the others too as well. So how do you fix the power play? The, the, the team, the organization would like to know how to do it. You know, they're going into a team against Anaheim. I, I, they're, I think, 28th or 29th in the league. They have a terrible penalty kill. And they're a team that takes lots of penalties. I think they're fifth in the league in penalties taken. Um, so th- th- this might present itself as a way for the Winnipeg Jets to finally get a couple on the power play. Well, I guess a team that is weak on the penalty kill and takes lots of penalties. Right. So is it going to start going and the floodgates are going to start pouring and the power play is going to start moving? I hope so. I hope so. That's what everyone's looking for. That's what this team needs. Because Dom texted the show and he was completely right. It's it's been the difference between taking teams to overtime and the Jets have been pretty dang good in the in the extra frame this year. They've only lost a couple, right? They've won significantly more than they've lost. And not being able to get a power play at a goal on the power play over the last two months has been a big part as to why they've sort of been in this in this slump here. Now not everybody texting the show is negative today, and it certainly never is. Um uh, but this this texture says, um, I'm 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 curious. The Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I'm curious about when the Jets are planning on going on a heater. Isn't it time for a long winning streak with some blowouts in favor of the Jets? This texture: Jets are four and three the last seven games. If they go four and three the next seven, they'll still be in a playoff position, I believe. And uh, we'll head to break. We'll come back. 
204-780-6868. Uh, the Jets are going to be uh, off to California. 6.30 puck drop, uh, 6.30 pregame show, puck drop at 9 uh, tomorrow, right here on 680 CGOB. Jim Toth will be back. He's off today. Welcome back for game day. Anaheim Ducks, Winnipeg Jets, another and more points the Jets need to grab. No excuses against the Anaheim Ducks. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. 204 780 You guys want to talk power play? Uh, this is from Dan. Uh, Jets passing game, especially on the power play, is far too predictable. Weak passes across the ice, often intercepted, and poor needless passes when exiting their own zone. Make better passes. That one from Dan. This one says, uh, Jets have an open lane to the net. They look to pass, and during that hesitation, the lane closes. Happened so often during the Boston game until they pulled the goalie. So frustrating. Um I can't watch it. And uh, it, it, it's again, this is just frustration. Everybody's frustrated with the power play. I'm sure the players are more frustrated than absolutely um, everyone. Uh, this texture says, Hey, Cam, agree the PP sucks right now, but it drives me crazy that fans boo it and yell shoot, shoot all the time. Do you really think that will help? All it does is add to the stress. It, wow. People are testy. I'm not sure it, it uh, necessarily helps. Um, that's for sure, uh, but people are people are tested. People are testy. I mean, it, it's it's a thorn in the side of, of everybody watching right now. Um, and this texture says, when the power play was going, uh, the assistant coach got all the praise. Brad Lauer, uh, he's he's been out with a back injury the last little bit. Um, no, he has not been out there. Now that the now that um, it's bad, the focus is on the players. What changed? Well, the thing is, the power play is always on the players. I mean, yeah, I mean, how many? How many power play schemes do you think are really being run right now in the National Hockey League? You can probably count on one hand how many schemes are really going out there. It's about finding the one that fits right for your team and making the adjustments based on on the opponents that you're playing, right? That, that's, that's, the, that's the gist of it. And so um, it's up to the players to make those adjustments. And, and I mean, we're all seeing the hesitation, right? It, it's all adding up, and it, it's, it's compounding now because it's been so long since it's been hot. And it's it's in everyone's head. The power play is going off. They're not they're not confident. They're not chomping at the bit to get out there and make it and make a champing at the bit, chomping at the bit. Who cares? But <laughs> you know what I'm saying. They're not going out there thinking they're going to score. Right? They're thinking, oh, how we're going to screw this up. It's like basic human psychology. Anyways, let's hope it gets going against the Anaheim Ducks pregame show six thirty puck drop tomorrow at nine o'clock. You know, it was a great game. Morgan Barron. That's how he feels about his game. Yeah, really good. Um, feel confident in the way I've been playing. I know I, um, I feel like I still have another level to get to, which probably speaks to that confidence. Um, but overall, I've been happy with it. I feel like I'm still progressing, and uh, I'm going to continue working. Yeah, what a great pass uh, that he made uh, finding um, uh, Adam Lowry there on the game-winning goal. Neil Pionk with a great outlet pass, too, to find him. He was able to settle that puck down. Uh, but, you know, he had to fight his first his first NHL fight uh, as well, which he admitted, yeah, was his first. I may need to get a few tips from some of the boys in there, but, um, you know, it was just kind of a fun game, I think, at times, and um, tried to spark it a little bit. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's going to be big down the stretch, so I think that emotional play, we're going to need it every night. And, um, you know, there's been times where it can be a little bit better from us. So Road swing, Anaheim Thursday, L.A., Saturday, San Jose on Tuesday. Pre-game against Anaheim gets going at 6.30. Puck drop at 9 right here on 680 CJOB. KK is going to take you all the way until 3 o'clock right after the news. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.